Hey beautiful people, it's Kira Michelle here, Wellness Rebellion. Um, okay, so I've actually, I recorded this a while ago and then I managed to cut it off and I lost it. Um, the trials and tribulations of starting something new that has anything to do with technology is quite interesting and challenge, challenging for someone who is technologically challenged in general. So that's a thing. That being said, um, let's get straight into it going to be discussing RAIN, or the acronym RAIN, uh, which was, I first found out about RAIN through my Buddhist teacher, Josh Korda, from Dharma Punks in New York City, and also through another beautiful Buddhist teacher, Tara Brock. Um, I have not had the pleasure to sit with her or be in her physical presence ever before. I would love for that to happen. But I definitely follow her on, on her website, on her, with her guided meditations, with her talks, and her book on, it's called Radical Acceptance. Definitely, definitely recommend all of those. So, Rain. Alright, so we go through challenging times. We're human, right? A part of the human experience is, is going through the challenging times. It's, we have highs, we have lows. We have everything in between. And... I kind of feel like there's a misconception that life should be kind of easy and we get thrown through the ringer when things aren't smooth, when in reality, the totality of anything that we really look at, right, you look at the weather, you look at the way that the sun and the moon cycle, the planets cycle, you look at the way that nature cycles, you look at the way that the ocean cycles, all of these different elements have highs and lows and they have incredibly beautiful highs and they have really dark deaths where things pull apart and maybe die off or run dry only to be refilled again in the future. So like I said, I feel like we have this misconce misconception that that shouldn't be the case, that, that something's wrong within our life when things are kind of going askew. And I, I used to be one of them, and I still do fall into that category where I kind of freak out and, you know, anxiety, depression, not kind of, I definitely do fall into that category. So how do I work to over, overcome some of the anxiety that tends to cripple me or the depression that cripples me? And what I've found is that this process called RAIN can really help to relieve some of the uh, some of the more heightened, some of the more acute levels of pain and anxiety and discomfort and displeasure. So let's let's go through this a little bit. RAIN, let's start with R. So R in RAIN is gonna come down to recognize. We wanna need to recognize what's going on. So step into this level of consciousness step into the level of presence. So rather than trying to avoid or rather than thinking too far into the future, we want to just step directly into what is affecting us. So recognize the behaviors that's affecting us. And for me, a lot of the times it has to do with unworthiness, feelings of unworthiness, feelings of not being enough, discomfort even, 
within my own skin because I really do think that as a human being, especially in the 21st century, especially being a woman and especially living in New York City, we're taught to really not like ourselves too much. We're taught that we're not enough and that if we get this next better thing or if we have this next better partner or we, whatever, consumer nation, right? If we get that, then we'll be happy until we get it and when then we're not happy and we have to push through again. So whether that's the affection from a loved one, whether that's something that you can buy, um, whether that's the next makeup product, product or, I mean, I'm talking in very, very loose general terms. But if we're down, we're going to pinpoint something. So a lot of us deal with, with pain regarding connections to people not feeling connected enough and having our stories that we believe and looking into stories, realizing that our stories are not facts the way that we seem to think that they are. Rather, they are simply beliefs and beliefs are not true. Beliefs are subjective. So learning what our stories are, maybe recognizing that this is a story, that this feeling of worthlessness because maybe someone rejected you or me or whoever is going through the pain you know and feeling that that utterly deep physical and emotional and mental stress and strain that can play so heavily on our hearts and on our heads feeling into that recognizing that okay maybe this simply is a story maybe this is a belief rather than a fact but it doesn't make it less than I can still feel the physical pain in my chest. My heart feels like it's breaking open, right? So recognizing what's going on, listening if there's a voice of shame, a voice of fear. Um, these critical inner voices tend to play a really big role in anxiety and depression. And these critical inner voices are the ones that tell us the stories, that reconfirm the stories over and over again. You are not enough. You are not enough. Or maybe you're too much or you're too, whatever the stories are that you're dealing with. You're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too curvy, you're too tall, you're too loud, you're not loud enough. I mean, this list is endless and that list is really personal and every single one of them is valid, but they're not true. So keep that in mind. So, okay, the first one, R, is recognize. Recognize what's going on. So A is going to be allow. So allow the experience just to be. Let it just be there just as it is without trying to shift or change anything right here, right now. Just kind of feeling into the emotions, into the sensations, noticing if there is a physical uh, correlation within the body. So as I was saying before, you know, if it's something to do with the heart, if you've lost someone, maybe you've lost someone to death maybe you've lost someone to a breakup maybe you know people have we grow apart and that can physically hurt so that can feel like your heart is being ripped out of your chest or being torn apart it could be someone's making you feel small right or you're in a situation that makes you feel small or your stories are making you feel uh, making you feel small and if that's the case I know that I get this gripping around my throat where I feel like I can barely breathe let alone talk so I feel really stifled. I feel really small. I get this physical sensation of feeling really small in this really large, big room. It could be gut sensations. So nervousness or anxiety. Hmm, that's a really big physical one. Anxiety, 
that takes hold of me altogether. The gut just runs wild with anxiety. The breath, I have trouble slowing my breath down, which means this tightening of the chest and then the tightening of the throat. And even to the point that I feel my teeth clenching without even realizing, like I have to physically go through, sit with it while I'm allowing it to be, noticing in my body where it comes up. And a lot of the times I'm gripping my teeth. I'm actually gripping my entire body. My fists are clenched. My heart is pounding like crazy and my mind is running and I have a really hard time slowing things down. So being really honest with yourself, allowing everything to come up, and resisting the urge to judge, resisting the urge to, urge to change anything, just simply noticing what's happening, what's going on. Uh, moving on, the next one's going to be I, and I stands for investigate. So similar to A, so A is more of just allowing it to happen. I is going to be the investigating. So maybe this is the, the step that you bring more of that, where is it in the physical body happening? So that natural curiosity, allow it to be there. So a few questions that you can ask yourself. What wants the most attention right now? How am I experiencing this in my body? What am I believing? What does this vulnerable place want from me? And what does it need most? So we start to question things. And yes, I think there's a level of asking where it's coming from and why it's coming up that's important. I personally feel like this. And then I also think that, you know, we need to find a happy medium where we're okay to stop questioning that because at the end of the day, it is happening. You know, we can't stop the fact that it has happened. If we start to investigate it, then maybe we can learn new ways in order for it to not happen again. But getting caught up in the why can be a dangerous place as well. So this is a light investigation into the history of it. Okay, so it comes from early childhood. Okay, so I know that my feelings of worthlessness come from my early childhood and then have been reinforced through relationships throughout my 20s and my teens. Uh, trying to look into things and figure out briefly how, where, and why and then trying to move on from it and with it. Once again, noticing if there's any connection towards shame, guilt, fear within your investigating, because these are really big concepts that tend to come up time and time again, the shame, guilt, and fear. Noticing without the judgment, maybe even starting to write some of this stuff down, investigating it in that sense, or I actually really love doing this in a meditative sense, I will eventually put up a meditation, a rain meditation that will help you sit and just process things. Otherwise, yeah, get a pen, write things out. That doesn't hurt anyone. It helps get some of the junk that's in your mind, the good junk, the bad junk, just the stuff, the mind stuff, the chitta vritti that runs rampant through the mind. It helps it kind of get it out there and helps you process things from a different perspective. Once you see it written down, you can view it from a different way. Uh, and then rounding it off, uh, we're going to come to N, and that's nurture. So there needs to be a level of nurturing with self-compassion. And this was always an element, has always been an element that has been super challenging for me. I've always been a really inquisitive person, needing to know how and why and when. 
And then once I know, I punish myself. Well, you should have done better. You should know better. There's a lot of judgment that comes up. And what I've realized through the practice of Buddhism and then even more so through the practice of uh, yoga is that the critique doesn't get us anywhere. The way that I think about it or I like to think about it is, you know, you're teaching a, a dog how to walk on a leash or you're teaching a, a baby how to potty train. You know, these the baby or the dog, they're just kind of out of control. They do what they do. They haven't learnt any better right now. And as you're trying to teach the child or you're trying to teach the dog, you know, how to do things the way that we need them to do, want them to do, you know, it takes a while for them to actually learn the lessons. It takes a while for the neural pathways to start to really fire and activate in the way that we're training them to activate. So they make mistakes. They do the same things over and over and over again until it happens less and less and less until the neural pathways have been formed. So every single time that they make a mistake, if we berate the child, if we punish the dog or the child by physical abuse or verbal abuse, you're not teaching the child or the dog how to do the things that we're trying to train it to do. It now has a level of fear around it. There's not a level of freedom. You're not helping that child or the dog, you know, evolve into the next levels, the next steps of life that we have laid out. You're teaching the dog or the child to be in fear. And fear is not a place for creativity and for happiness and for prosperity. Fear is a place to keep people small, it's to keep animals small, to keep beings small. So you can be doing this to yourself. You can be berating yourself, keeping yourself small, even though you want the actual opposite outcome. And I know this because that's where I was for a really long time. Like why give myself self-compassion when I think that I'm worthless, when I think that my actions are shit and I should know better, I should be better. There's studies shown that when, when a human is given positive advice or positive re reinforcement, they do exponentially better. Negative reinforcement, they still do a little bit better. No reinforcement at all, nothing. They kind of start to decrease. They, they go backwards. So I'm not saying that the negativity is going to stifle your growth altogether, but I am saying that the positive reinforcement is going to help you grow so much faster and so much stronger. It's also going to help you be a better person. When... I learnt, and I'm still learning, right? I think that this is something that I'll always be learning because I was so negative and harsh on myself. It's something that I have to remind myself all the time is that being good to myself feels better. When I feel better, I'm a better person to other people. This benevolence that I'm learning to step more and more into, this self-benevolence that I realize that I deserve simply because I'm human and I'm worthy that's enough. That's enough. And when I feel good about myself, from myself, not needing validation from other people, I, first of all, become, like I was saying, a much better human. I become a much better yoga teacher, a much better partner, a much better friend. When I hate myself, when I'm in that state of self-loathing, I'm terrible to be around. I'm not fun to be around. I don't even want to be around myself. And then I get stuck with myself. And it's this really ugly cycle. 
that eats away at you. So learning to be kind, relearning how to be kind, learning how to, it's not even learning how to be kind. We have it. We already have it. I think it's learning how to let the guard down, let the walls down. And I, from my past, and as I said, we all have trauma. We all do. And it's all relative. Your trauma is not any less than mine and mine's not less than yours. It's relative. But I think a lot of us build walls to protect our hearts, to protect ourselves from past traumatic experiences to the point that we've imprisoned ourselves in this really cold, harsh lifestyle. So we already have this abundance of love within because we're existing beings. We have this abundance of love. This is not something you have to learn. This is something you have to uncover again. And this process, rain, can definitely help. You know, anything where you get to go internal and start to uncover the layers, get to know yourself from different and deeper levels is going to be really, really beneficial to you and then to everyone around you. So having a really loose, rough um, idea of an outcome of benevolence, of kindness, I think that's a really good direction or goal to be headed towards because you will be better to everyone else when you're better to yourself. So when the nourishing comes up, once again, I need you to step into this level of nourishment with non-judgment. Okay, you fucked up, you made a mistake, or you're believing your stories again, or whatever it is. Remind yourself that hurt people hurt people. When we're in pain, we don't act out of loving kindness. We act out of fear. Fear usually produces negative, ugly results. So trying to fix something fearful and ugly with fear and just ugly actions and words isn't going to get us anywhere. So how can you be there for yourself? How can you give yourself a message of reassurance, of forgiveness, of companionship, of love? How can you give yourself internal gestures of kindness and compassion? How can you comfort and soften your heart? And maybe it's just little mantras. Maybe it's, I mean, maybe it's the idea of reparenting yourself. Be who you needed when you needed someone the most. And that actually helps for me. I know a lot of people have an aversion towards doing this, but it's easier for me to give, to see myself as a small child in the position of pain that I was in and thinking about what I needed then and what I didn't get and reparenting myself, going to that child, wrapping my arms around myself as that small child and just saying, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm listening to you. This is not your fault. You're safe. I've got you. We can get through this together. And maybe that is too much. Maybe right now that doesn't sound um, appropriate to you in, in, in any capacity. So maybe it can just be, I love you, keep going. I love you, keep going. I love you, keep going. Maybe it's just breathe. Breathe. Maybe it's rise and then fall, just reminding yourself to breathe with this openness and level of vulnerability. And no, vulnerability is not weakness. It is fucking the opposite and I can't wait for the universe and the man and um, advertisements and I can't wait for mainstream to realize that vulnerability is beauty. 
because it's such strength. It's scary to be vulnerable. When a man knows how to be vulnerable with me, it's the sexiest fucking thing that a man can do. But most men are trained to think that vulnerability is weakness. So, you know, each to themselves. Um, all right, guys. So I think that's pretty much it. That was a little bit of a serious talk. I guess kind of a lot of my talks are serious, but in the same time, I think there needs to be this level of lightness and chill and happiness. So find happiness in your life. Do things that are silly as fuck. Have friends who you can just play around with. Um, dance. Fucking dance. Um, I had a dance party <laughs> on Saturday night with some good friends and we just turned up music. We found this vacant area just outside. It was outside of a capital bank in Brooklyn and one of us had a speaker and we fuck- we'd just eaten so much food. We were stuffed and we're like, we need to move. We need to move. And one of the, the girl was like, well, let's go for a run. I'm like, fuck the run. I ain't fucking running. I do not run in general, especially not on a full stomach. So we ended up doing handstands and we danced and we played. We just fucking played. Three 30-year-olds, three 30-plus-year-olds um, dancing. And the looks and the stops and the stares and then the comments and then the laughs that we got while people were walking past was fucking great great and I know that if I were walking past that I would want to join in um so find people that that fill you up that fill your cup so yes spiritually yes emotionally but be fucking light have fucking fun because life isn't that fucking serious it really fucking isn't anxiety makes it a lot worse than we think it is because we're always expecting the worst thing to happen and when we have those expectations it makes us small. It keeps us small. It keeps us in status quo. Fear is our worst enemy. Creativity, lightness, fun can be some of the best qualities that we can possess. So fucking go forth, have fun, process your shit through rain or through meditation or through yoga or through running or whatever, however fuck you process your shit, process it. Be an adult, deal with your shit so you can be better to everyone else. And so you can be better parents, so you can be better friends. So even if you're not parents, but if you want to be parents in the long run, you're not sending trauma. Like, deal with your trauma now. We're still dealing with generational trauma. We're dealing with trauma from our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents. Stop the trauma in the tracks right now by dealing with your shit. And then have fun along the way. Aight! That's it for me. Hopefully I won't delete this one. <sighs> Learning how to do this stuff. Um very special and challenged so <laughs> we'll see how it goes thanks guys um feel free to uh leave a review or a comment i love hearing back from you peace